Here we are. Maggie, how's your internet yes. feeling today? Um, my internet's all right. Uh, I am not using my normal internet. I am at a different house this evening. I'm actually in, um, if you've listened to The Devil's Threesome, our other podcast, we have a third co-host on that show. His name is Andrew. I am currently sitting in his mom's bed. Um, That's not weird. At all. It's not Because you're house sitting uh, for him. In- yeah. No, she, inv- I mean, she invited me here, so. Right. Well, but it's not like there's like a weird thing there. You're house sitting for her, you're right? You're ruining this for me. <laughs> I came in p- wanting to play this card, wanting to like do some innuendo, and you're just poo-pooing well, all over it. It's just that I, I don't think Andrew listens to our podcast, but if he did, he might get insulted. I don't care if Andrew <laughs> listens to our podcast. I was making a funny your mom joke. But here we are. With here you we just are. Shitting all over it. Maggie, I'm sorry okay. that I, I I'm sorry that I poo-pooed your original joke there. Um uh-huh, because there's original songs in this episode of Glee. Aren't you hilarious? <laughs> also, because your joke wasn't original at all, because people have been making yo mama jokes before words since before words were invented. That's why um, they're funny. They're universal. Everybody <laughs> likes them. Yeah, everyone has uh, a mother, and everyone gets insulted when you make fun of her, obviously. That's right. <sighs> before we get to the actual episode, I want to have a mailbag. Okay, Maggie, yeah. Hakely mailbag? Sure. Um, mail? I, I don't know what to... Mail. What should we name this segment? Yeah, we'll just sing the mail song from... Uh, <laughs> from uh, the thing with the dog and the clues. No. Yes, the thing with We're the dog and the that. clues. That old hat of a kid's show. Um, but yeah, That's Maggie, right. tell, me, tell me about this mail. This mail. So we got some mail. So we got some mail. We got an email from... A very sweet, sweet human. Yes. Uh, their name is Joe. Yes. And we're, we're going to read the email for you. Sam. Yeah. Um, let me just... Uh, oh, apparently I'm the one who's reading the email. Um, you are. But <laughs> first of all, I just want to call out Joe because um, Joe is our first patron. Our very our first patron. Yes. And we, we really are appreciate it. so it's, blessed. Yes. It's, it's amazing because not only did Joe... Bless us by becoming our first patron. Joe also sent us this email, which, let me tell you, is amazing. Um, I didn't realize it was possible to be starstruck by someone who's supposed to be our fan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Because, okay, so let me let me just uh, get to the, the real fun meat of this email. Um, so... They they told yeah, us sk- that they skip all the self congratulatory parts <laughs> at the beginning. It's rude. So Joe has decided <laughs> that they must also be a Glee expert at this point because they've listened to all of our podcasts. And Which they you are. A- we yes, will be sending de- a certificate in the mail. <laughs> they they have a theory that might help me with my confusion over Sue's age. And here we go. Here I- I'm just gonna I'll just read it verbatim. Yeah. Joe says, "See, I don't think Sue's lying when she says she's 31." I think she's demonstrating extraordinary self-esteem and resilience. 
because Sue Sylvester is a time traveler from the future. She was raised Mm, in the dystopia we are rapidly hurtling towards, and her parents were time agents who were part of a secret organization designed to protect the world from temporal anomalies. Sounds about right. Yes. So um, then we get into some of the meat of this theory. Sue and her sister spent their childhoods bouncing from time period to time period as their parents hunted down various threats to the smooth running of history. But as Sue got older and her parents began to prepare her to join the agency, she realized that Jean wouldn't be given the same opportunity or any opportunity. As a result, Sue managed to convince her parents to settle Jean in the 20th slash 21st century while Sue herself began training. Once she was fully licensed, she pressed for a posting near her sister. Fortunately for Sue, a pretty big set of anomalies had started popping up in 21st century Ohio. The closest she could get to the epicenter of the disturbances was McKinley High. And since reports indicated that the Mm -hmm. source of the anomalies, anomalies, geez, that's a hard word, had created his own sub had created his own subdimension to resemble a private school nearby she felt that yes. sh- this would be close enough to observe the issues firsthand of course she wasn't expecting one of the side effects to be an alien attending mckinley but she's doing what she can to smooth things over and cause distractions so that people won't get too suspicious the mm. problem is the agency can't just let her sit there and observe there are few licensed time agents and even fewer with sue's background she's often called away to deal with small disturbances in the timeline and guys you know the time travel has to be hard on the skin in conclusion sue is 31 everything she claims to have done is true <laughs> all her horrible attitudes are due to trying to fit in as this is what her agency textbooks and said 21st century humans are like Blaine is a trickster god screwing with Ohio and is so far eluding capture thanks to Dalton Academy, the magical subdimension. Brittany is a surprise side effect of Blaine's fuckery. Mm-hmm. Fondue for two, which we actually haven't gotten to, but we haven't gotten to yet, but we will. <laughs> but it's Brittany's quote captain's log of her stay on mm-hmm. Earth, which yes, this is beautiful. It, this I, is so great. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, yeah, because. It's it's it just fits. so good. And it's it perfect. It, one of the things that I really like about this theory is that in addition to explaining some of the like real big inconsistencies about Sue's age and all the jokes she makes about history, um, it also makes Sue into like a really good person. So like it yeah, kind of like it, settles the debate. <laughs> there's a part of the email that I don't know if you read, but it mentions that Sue is mean because that's how it's reported that people are in the 21st century. Like she's just trying to fit in. Yes. Which is brilliant. Yes. Because it's like true, unfortunately. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It is true. But yeah, that's, that's mail. Um, So first of all, Joe, thank you so much for sending that in. And second of all, hopefully we didn't make you uncomfortable by reading that. Um, Yeah. It was just too good to not share. Of course. And, um, uh, yeah, please, you know, if if that sparked your creative mind and you're not Joe, or if you are yeah. Joe, send us more emails because we love them totally. and we will definitely share your theories with everyone else because... We want to grow our point. metafiction like the <laughs> strange, multi-headed, carnivorous plant it is. Yes. But now... Let's let's start to build on that some more by jumping into let's, this this episode. Yeah, original this song is yes the big mid season finale for Glee. It's regionals. Yes, original songs is the title of it. Yes, it was yeah, written oh, by sorry. Ryan Murphy, 
and directed by Brad Buecher. Okay. Okay, cool. And um, how, has Brad Buecher directed episodes in the past? He has. Okay. Because uh, I've definitely said the last name Buecher before. Right. Well, here. Ha- okay. So um, here's the other info. It originally aired on March 15th, 2011 with 11.15 million viewers, which is down from last week, which had 11.92 million. So we're start- we're kind of on this like decline and it's a pretty slow decline mm-hmm. right now because i think like you're saying this is the mid-season finale i'm sure the ads yeah for i'm this pretty sure they, were, yeah. they also like took a break after this episode because this is around yes. the time that glee was really fucking with the like schedule they're just like no we're we're gonna do a season in about four or five parts probably right. not yeah one <laughs> not two. or even two right no way but yeah so um Let's so let's jump into the episode here. Let's do it. Our our favorite thing that happens in pretty much any episode that this does no happen. recap. No recap. No, we're just recap. jumping straight in. Um, Love and it. Speaking of, we're not just jumping straight in this time. We're jumping into a number, Dalton, and it's a number. Yes. So Blaine arrives Yay! to to lead the Warblers in Misery, which is a Maroon yes. Five song. Uh, and. This is in fiction by Blaine and the Pips. Just kidding. It's well. Blaine and the Warblers. <laughs> yes. Uh, that well, is so- a joke that Kurt makes at the yes. end of the song when they're having a little talk. Uh, there's like paper throwing because Blaine like enters a study room where all the Warblers are uh, studiously studying. Yes. Right. And he throws a shit ton of paper, the seemingly blank. I don't know. Right. Well, yeah. Just starts you know singing his song very loudly obviously his mouth is enormous and he does a very lot like he does a lot of scrunch faces while he sings that is sort of a darren chris a ridge um right yeah we've got something to expect yeah um but one of the main features of the song is that kurt is visibly not impressed by this performance Um, he looks uncomfortable and annoyed yes through most of it (laughs) um the nice thing so Honestly, this is a this is a fine song. Um, Darren Chris, good singer. Mm-hmm. Warblers usually produce good numbers. Of course, yada of course. yada yada. Um, we find out at the end of the song that regionals is in fact this week because Blaine says we have a smash opening for regionals. Um, well, we already knew that regionals was this week because right. last week was the week before regionals. So right. Well, I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying that like. Instead yes. of having a recap to tell us that, this is how we were getting we this just information. Know. Which yes. is um, right. We don't yes. need a recap, obviously. Uh, yes, and they but, probably, yeah. this episode was packed full of like songs and shit they had to actually cover instead exactly. of rehashing. Yeah, it's, it's true. Um, the other main thing, Maggie, call, Maggie already uh, gave us a little bit of a foreshadowing. Kurt calls out taste. Blaine for literally having every solo in the Warblers because... Yeah. He finally realized that that was happening, I guess. Um, yeah, Blaine has like a realization of his privilege, I guess. He yeah. does mention that he's like, the council always picks the right. soloist. No. So, well, no, no, no. you know, they just give me every solo because I'm so great. Yeah, Maggie, you say realization of his privilege. <laughs> you know this is no. all this is all a it's setup. Fake. Blaine yeah. knows that he gets every solo because he's literally the only person in the club. Like, yeah. Anyway, um, the well, other Kurt note I wa- is oh. a person as well. <laughs> well, yeah. Besides Kurt is what I meant. But um, the the other note I want to make is that we specifically see that Kurt got a bird cage cover for Pavarotti. Um, yes. Because apparently Plaid. he really cares about this bird now. 
Yeah, he loves this bird, even though the last time we saw the bird was the first time the bird was introduced. Don't right. worry about it. <laughs> then we get the Glee title card. Yes. There you are. And we're going to go right into another song as yes. we get back into the show. Rachel and Finn are entering the choir room, and she sings her next composition for him, Only Child. <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. The probably... <laughs> Standout line, I would say, is only berry on my family tree. That is yes. the last line of the song. That is <laughs> that is pretty good. Um, it's Ooh. it's better than my headband, but not by much. Yeah, um. Not by much. Uh, Finn <laughs> critiques it as Rachel running scared. Uh, he's like, yes. you're pretending at pain or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. There I, you go. He, he says she's still not at the, quote, hard stuff. Um which again, Rachel's been through a she's, lot of really shitty things. I don't understand why they're making this like she's why def- they're well. She's all definitely that. not at the good stuff on the songwriting end. Oh, then agreed. Yeah, the the scene transitions into a Quinn monologue when we see Quinn standing at the doorway watching this interaction happen. Uh, yes, the Quinn monologue is mostly mostly her rationalizing the uh, Quinn Finn affair that is currently going on. Because she wants to be prom queen, and she's going to use Finn's popularity yeah. and clout to do that, I suppose. Yeah, so one of the things that's fun about this scene is it's a voiceover, and part of... Yes. what like So it transitions from her seeing the two of them into her, like, in her closet, I guess. Um, she yeah. has, like, a tiara on a pillow, and well, she, she has, has this... she has, like, a tiara yeah. collection. Yes. Um but it's just, it's funny because my question, like, when I saw this, I was like, oh, so, like, Ryan Murphy, like, you can draw a line from this to Scream Queens, pretty much. Like, oh, totally. like this is essentially, like, the basis for Scream Queens, which is totally. also a very good show for one season, and then it kind of goes off the rails. But, um, yeah, it's like... That's sort of Ryan Murphy's thing. <laughs> style, yeah. So, don't yeah. really trash it, Sam. Do you have... <laughs> three solid seasons of three different shows i didn't think so that's true i don't even have three solid seasons of a show in fact that's right um, but uh, i know and neither does ryan murphy <laughs> ouch but so um whatever quinn ends this out by letting us know that her plan is to befriend rachel because she's worried yes. about how close rachel's getting to finn and all that yeah so she's gonna she keep her enemies sees closer. rachel as like a threat to her yeah. being coronated because Finn is still tempted by her, I yes. suppose, is the reasoning here. Uh, yeah. I'm, I don't only... know. It's, it seems fucking bonkers because in the monologue, Quinn is yeah. like, well, the, the only problem is Rachel and her talent. Like, I don't know why she mentions her talent if she's worried that Finn's going to like stray away. Like that doesn't, I think the, the reasoning the... is a little confused. Yes. Um, the other thing, the only thing that I can think of that makes this kind of work is that McKinley must have some weird rule for prom king and queen at its school where you have to be a couple to like. That can't be true. Which, that can't yeah. be true because we know who becomes prom queen and king in this hey, season. Spoilers. I don't because yes, you, I. Yes, you do. <laughs> I mean, I kind of do, but I, I'm trying to forget. So that way when I see it again, it's more of a shock. So um, it's more of a surprise. Yes, but I, yeah. I don't think that's a thing. Quinn wants to use Finn's popularity as right. a way to as, bolster her votes, not sure. because she has to be in a relationship with who's ever going to be king. 
Right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Whatever. The the gist of the scene, she's going to be Rachel's friend now because it keeps her closer. Um, sure. The next s- scene is the death of a bird. So that's a bummer. <laughs> yes. It's well, a short little moment where Kurt is in his room at his vanity doing some sort of doing a step in his Korean, you know, skincare well, routine or something. It's kind and of he's like whistling yeah. to the bird and the bird suddenly stops whistling back and you hear a thud. <laughs> Well, the best part is this is like a Disney princess like beauty routine or something because Kurt is yeah. like whistling to the bird. It seems um, pretty fucking intensive and we only see a moment of it. Yeah, but my favorite part is that I put down the bird spontaneously combusts, which isn't true, but it's no, essentially cause true. Because like, you hear a thud and you see a bird at the bottom of the cage. But like it's super like there's no... Like, no, I know that this sometimes there's happens, no, there's I no guess. There's no even ceremony about it. There, it's exactly. Just, it's like a five-second-long scene, too. It is not long. No. So, in order... Yeah, so then from there, we cut to the Warblers having a, quote, fight um, about yeah. the colors of ties. Yeah, they're having a council meeting uh, where Blaine is talking about costumes. He wants to, like, change up the piping and the tie color for regionals, I guess, to splash it up. It's still blue and red, just the opposite of what it normally is. Right. Uh, And Kurt enters. He is in a fabulous black suit. It is a morning suit, if you will. (laughs) Yes. And he announces the bird's death, Pavarotti's death, and shades Blaine a little bit. Uh, about how many solos he gets, and then verges into uh, a song of remembrance for his bird. Yes, which, remember, this is a canary. Um, he sings Blackbird instead. You know, I don't yeah. know if there are any well, real famous better, canary songs. It's a but better like, bird song. Yeah, I think. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the fun part is that this song seems mostly to be a tactic to shame Blaine for taking all the solos. Which, um, great. I mean, use um, your pain to your advantage, Kurt. More power to you. Yes. Um, yeah, they seem to love having Chris Colfer do Beatles covers, huh? Yeah, They're I know. Into it's, it. it's weird. Um, the other thing about this, too, is that uh, it's just... It's weird because Kurt... Uh, honestly, he to cro- me, this, this reads yeah. as Kurt just using this as a way to, like, what? shame Blaine. Like... I no don't. Way. They haven't set God. up any of this stupid bird relationship. He, like, okay, he was wor- <laughs> he was worried about the bird when it started molting. Remember? Yeah, but like, uh, <laughs> and and Kurt is this bird, so right. No, that's that is a fair point, but it's just like to me, this just kind of was like it. It seems like Kurt is overreacting a little bit, maybe. Uh, okay, um, <laughs> so we know he's a dramatic person because he's right. friends with. With Rachel Berry, so sure. it seeps on to you. Yes. He cries a lot during this song, and it's kind of an ugly cry. He gets a little red. Well, um, yeah, but but Maggie, the light we... is hitting him just right. His eyes do look very blue, and we yes. see a long, long shot that it, we come back to it a couple times too with the zoom in of Blaine. Right. Let me read to you from my notes. Here's a here's some possible interpretations. Are you ready? Sure some possible interpretations of this long shot in particular. Trickster Blaine is reveling in his success to crush Kurt because he's watching (laughs) Kurt cry about this bird. Uh, Second, his heart is growing three sizes. He's feeling remorse for what he has done. (laughs) And finally, 
realizing that Kurt is a hot, soulful t- uh, cheerleader and is falling in love. Uh, I think it's probably a combination of maybe two of these. I'm not sure which two, uh, well, but that's my, where I'm at. My, my interpretation, I, I wrote down a, a thought that might be crossing Blaine's mind. Maybe there's more to life than tormenting innocence. Um, so that's, that's kind of the vibe I got, which I think kind of aligns with two, but I really like number one. I think, I think it might, listen, I think it might be one. (laughs) I think it might be one, even based on Blaine's like later actions in the episode, one still fits. Yeah. Well, so still fits. there, there's some more in later in this episode where like we can dig into this because the lines are definitely going to start to get blurred here as this relationship starts. Um, We're definitely going to come back to the claim of it all. But before we get there, we have a cease and desist letter from my chemical romance to address. (laughs) We are in the, we are in the choir room and Will is brandishing this letter at the Glee Club, and they're all talking about it and how it must be Sue's fault. We get an interstitial of Sue talking about how she met the drummer at uh, Daytona Beach in 1996, which seems about right if she is a time traveler. Right. And definitely, especially because, like, if she is actually 31, as she claims, then this would put her at what? That that would put her at. So this was 2011. um, Yes, so, so she would be twenty one in two thousand. Oh. And then five yep. less than that is sixteen. Or no. Oh. Seventeen? No, sixteen. Yeah. 16. I can do math. Yeah. So she would have well, been sixteen years old. <laughs> sixteen. Which, hey, if you want to have a affair with a drummer from my chemical romance at sixteen, more power to you. I'm yes. pretty sure well, the age of consent in Florida is 16 well, or less. Yeah, that's <laughs> we're going to get in trouble for that maybe. Um but yeah, also hey, we're not going to get in trouble for it because we're not preying on teenagers in Florida. Fair enough. Okay. Um, the other the other interpretation as Joe has pointed out, Sue might have been any anywhere between any age. Any that's age, right. honestly. So, um she, it, Okay, yeah. she could have traveled back to 1996 currently right after she gave the song to the new directions to do this so yes that's a fair point but yeah so she declares world war sue on the glee club yes prior to reach um so then we cut back to the choir room in the present um rachel is suggesting original songs again um and this time uh they're they're about ready to just shut her down santana's like Everyone who wants to, everyone who wants to vote down Rachel again, and then Quinn says, "Wait, wait, wait! My new best friend and I are gonna mm-hmm. support this. Like, I'm gonna support this idea from my new best friend Rachel because it's a really good idea, um, and this works. Uh, yes, everybody agree starts agreeing with Rachel now that Quinn is supportive. Yes, and Santana uh, jumps in before the end and is like, "Well, everyone should get to, a chance to write a song, not just Quinn and Rach over here." Yes. And that's going to be the episode. So the yes. next scene is Brittany and Santana at uh, the lockers that they, I think they have like adjoining lockers or something. something Apparently, yes. Like they, they have to for this scene. Um, yes. But uh, Brittany, this, and this is a sad moment. Brittany is asking Santana yeah. if she did something wrong because. It's um, so sad. 
apparently Santana's been giving her the cold shoulder since last week when Brittany, Brittany uh, rejected her. Um, which Brittany like, doesn't understand human communication, okay? No. She's an alien. Yeah. She was yeah. disrespectful to the person she's currently dating, which she thought was a human thing. Right. Um, which Santana says something that is ableist and not really worth repeating um, yeah. about Artie. And then she also Yeah, she declares... calls him a, a, a gross name. Yes. Then she and, says yeah. a very good thing. That's sort of how he said. Well, yeah, she... yeah, go for it. She's like, well, because you did this, I'm just going to write and sing a heterosexual song for Sam. And we're going to win regionals with it. Well, I, 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 from my notes, I have an awesome heterosexual song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so then uh, at this moment, Sue arrives and calls them Tweedledum and Tweedlefake boobs, which yep. props. That's actually kind of like I it's not. A... I wouldn't say it's good because you, she needs to stop talking about Santana's breasts yeah, because Santana I, is saying... a teen. As, a, as an educator, I think that's not appropriate. <laughs> but as a like. As a dig, Mm-mm. like high five, like sure, because that's it, mean. It hits both Brittany for being not smart and Santana for having breast implants. Which there's nothing those wrong are, with that, Sam. Yeah, th- neither of those things. Also, nothing. Yeah, neither so, of those things require mockery. It's just it, it's it's clever on Sue's part. Um, All right, but anyway, uh, she accuses them of betrayal because they quit. Yeah, Cheerios. and then. Brittany is just like, you can't talk to us like that anymore because you're not our cheerleading coach. They keep fighting, and then the girls turn, open the lockers, and get a bunch of dirt on them because yes. Sue did a prank where she filled the lockers with dirt. Yes. The next scene is Blaine. Blaine and the a, Pips. Yep. Yes, they're at a Warbler council, council meeting because I guess they just have to have a whole bunch of those the week yes. before regionals. And Blaine wants to shake it up. He is suggesting that they change up their set list for regionals so that one of the songs is a duet. And yes. And um, so he, he, everyone kind of, there's kind of a little bit of uproar at this. Um, But then uh, he's like, well, I can't win regionals on my own. It has to be a duet. And then Kurt is like, Hey, can I get my name on the list for that audition? And he's like, no, it's going to be Kurt. And then, um, and then, like Kurt is like, no, I mean, I, I would just want, I would want to audition. I'm sure there are other like good singers and here. Then Blaine and then Blaine is like, who else wants Kurt to do the song with me at regionals? And everybody raises their hands because Which, yeah, they don't I guess exist. In yeah. fiction, we're supposed to believe that they were swayed by Kurt's performance of Blackbird as well. They're also in love with Kurt, just like Blaine. Yeah, I like, guess. Yeah, well, so uh, here's the thing. But it that, definitely yeah. reads as Blaine sort of pulling manipulating the strings, the yeah. minds of his uh, puppeteer soldiers. Yeah, no, it's like that's part of it. Is like, how does Kurt not think this is yeah. weird? You know, he doesn't. <laughs> like he he doesn't, <laughs> and it's just he's just yeah. like, great, we're gonna sing. Yeah, well, and yeah, it's. Whatever, that's what happens. Um, they're that's like, what happens. sure, Kurt can get the duet, and Kurt's like, "Hooray, I get to sing!" Um, <laughs> and that's the whole that's yes. the whole scene. The next one is back in the choir room. We are about yes. to get two cool ass original songs. Yes, the first um, one is yeah. performed by Tina and Santana. I think they're also composing it together, from what I understand. Yes. It's yeah, great. so. Tina plays the piano and Santana sings 
And the song, as as Mike Chang reiterates mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. is called Trouty Mouth. Trouty um, Mouth. If you haven't watched Glee and you've only listened to this podcast, that's a weird thing to do, first of all. I don't I don't judge you. I'm glad that you're listening. But you should watch this scene, if yes. nothing else. Go on, because go it on is to so YouTube <laughs> so that you can watch Naya Rivera sing this. It's so great. It is um, sort of like lounge singing yes. sort of, sort no, of vibes. And, definitely and, not and anthem. No, it's definitely not. But the best thing about this is like, so unfortunately, the song does get cut short because Sam is very not down with it. Because, yeah, he's very upset. Yes. Um, but right before it gets cut off, Santana has this like, like lounge singer like, Woo! Like releasing yeah. that like song energy, and it's just so good. It's like- so amazing. <laughs> and Tina is just like calmly playing through it. Like yes. nobody stopped Santana from writing this essentially like bully song. It's fine. Yeah. I I don't think it's like especially mean because she is talking about how much she loves his lips while yeah. insulting them. Yeah, uh, that's true. It's like the the thing about it is that like. I agree that it's not, like, particularly mean, but it does reek of, like, high school bullying where you, like... Yeah, it's definitely not nice. No. (laughs) Which, I mean, Santana's really rich, you know? She's entitled, Mm -hmm. and she believes she should get to make fun of anyone. Um, But... And, uh, I mean, Sam is such a nothing character. Might as well make fun of him. Right. One of his main personality traits is his trouty mouth. So, whatever. Santana yes. wanted to write a heterosexual song, seemed hetero to write a song about a boy's lips. And also the, about how he could put his lips on a baby's head. Whatever. He could um, suck a baby's head, is I yeah. think the line. Yes, uh, it Will is. Will um, doesn't seem to like this song very much, and Sam does stop it early. The next yes. song is performed by Puck. He's yes. right up, right after Santana, and he has a guitar, and he's written this song for Lauren. He yes, also describes it as rockabilly. That is the genre that he's going for. Yeah. Um, he also says right before he starts that this is kind of an apology for when he sang Fat Bottom Girls to her yes. as a love song. Um, and then he breaks into a song called Big Ass Heart, which it's... is more offensive than Fat no, Bottom Girls. I don't <laughs> think it's offensive at all. It's very cute. I actually really like it. Ugh. Uh the main thrust of the song is that his girl has a big ass heart. It's, and it's yes, like and also a joke because every time he says big ass, there's like a pause and then he says heart, right? Like that's the, yeah, that's the joke. But, but Maggie, it's, it's more, it's also about all of the like eating that she does and like the medical problems that she has. No. Like, Yes, it is. Listen to the it's, listen to the song. Listen, there there is a doctor that is mentioned, and like a doctor, like you won't make it past age forty unless you lose weight. But that's before he saw the X ray and saw that it was a big ass heart that was making the scale go up. You need to listen. To, you need to listen to the song. But then it also talks about how she wins eating contests and stuff like. Her heart wins a pie loving con- <laughs> contest. So you can shut up. Well, okay. So that's the thing. That's the thing. Lauren really likes this song. Will yeah, again Lauren is loves not. It. Will is not also, into this song. There's but- no. 
Sam, there's no shame in pie eating contests. Eating is fun. You don't need to be such a bummer about it. (laughs) And Lauren really likes it. And there's nothing wrong with being fat. Puck is talking about how he, it's not that he likes her that she's fat. He likes her big ass heart, which is (laughs) different. (laughs) Here, here's the thing though. To me, it, has mm-hmm. the same level of offensiveness as at, at least if if not more so it at least has the same level of offensiveness as fat bottom girls no and lauren no. is more offended by that one and i don't it doesn't matter no, there's uh, women aren't being objectified sure for that's their a big fair asses point. in puck song right he's and talking also, about a specific yeah. woman who has a big ass heart and also, it is the the facial expressions that Mark Salling makes while he does this performance are very entertaining because he like yeah. big yes. smiles and wide eyes at some points because it is a comedy song and yes. everyone loves it, not just Lauren. Like everyone's well, feeling Shoe, it. Shoe doesn't except love it. for Will because he's a trash bag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, he, because he, Will is yeah. the only one who isn't feeling it. They're not going to do it because right. Will well, decides. Maybe- Again, though, this isn't really much of an anthem either. Like, no, no. Well, it could be if they all sang it together. You know, um, <laughs> is that what an makes anthem it an anthem? About... <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, she was like, "This isn't it. Let's go back to the drawing board. Everyone, get your rhyming dictionaries." And it's like, "Cool, you're trying to be a teacher or whatever." Anyway, um, at least we, we don't have to see him teaching. The exactly. next song, it, well, song. The next scene is Finn, yes. Finn and Quinn discussing prom royalty uh, yes. because Quinn wants to, you know, finalize everything, make yeah, sure that to... the the investment that she's put in will pay out the way she expects it to. Yeah, she also she wants to get her campaign off the ground to start, you know, prime priming That's the right. pump for for her for her run at prom queen. Um, and uh, she also reminds Finn, she's like, Rachel and I are friends now. I helped her pass her stupid original song idea earlier today. Didn't you see that? Um, <laughs> which is pretty good. Um, and then Finn kind of pushes back a little bit and is like, hey, like, we can't, like, I'm I'm concerned about regionals and nationals. And Quinn is like, mm, you said that mm-hmm. about regionals and now you're saying about nationals. I think you're yeah, just trying it's... to protect Rachel. Like, it's because Quinn wants them to go public with their relationship yes. as soon as possible so that she can do this prom campaigning. And uh, she's just upset that Finn is being, you know, so obstinate to her brilliant plan. Right. Which, yeah. And so um, Finn is like, fine, after regionals, we'll go public. Um, and then we find out that Rachel was snooping on that whole conversation anyway. So she Ooh-hoo. found out. Yeah. The next scene... Is important. Let's get to it. <laughs> yes. Uh, Kurt is decorating a casket, specifically bejeweling a casket. Yes. And there's going to be kissing. Here we go. Yes. Blaine arrives on the scene. He comes into the room where Kurt is doing this bedazzling and has a long love speech. Yes. About Kurt. Well, yeah, so he, he first of all comes in and tells us that he has decided the song duet for regionals. Yes. Because Kurt didn't get a choice in this at all. Um, no. Why would it's, he? It's Candles by a group that I cannot remember the name of. But Kurt is surprised that Blaine is, knows who they are. Um, and Kurt and Blaine explains that he wants to do this song because it's emotional. Uh, yes. Yeah. Then and he then, does the yeah. love speech. 
Yes. The most prominent, the best line is probably, um, this is going to be embarrassing. It's embarrassing to say it, really. It's sort of an embarrassing speech. Oh, there you are. I've been looking for you forever. Um, Okay. Well, so here's the thing. I also wrote that down. But my reason for writing it down is I'm I'm trying to figure out how we can move forward at this point with our our metafiction and yeah one of my questions here is do you think kurt slighted him in a past life somehow like yeah. do you think that like he is like a vengeful like like there's somehow a way that like kurt's kurt's essence or whatever yeah. in a previous existence somehow slighted mm-hmm. blaine and so blaine's only drive sure. has been to ruin kurt's life because kurt ruined his life at one point sure which kind of, I, you know, it, yeah. Maybe it's like a Hummel family curse or something Ooh. that passed from his dead mother to him. Okay, sure, uh, sure. So it wouldn't be a Hummel family curse then. It'd be a whatever his mother's whatever. main name you, was. Yeah. But you understand. Um, yes. And look, like seeing Kurt, seeing his success at making Kurt cry about this dead bird, <laughs> he's like, I need to amp up the fucking stakes because this is yes. working. Yes. Uh, so he is going in for the you know for the for the moment he is going to confess to kurt and return his love he's like yes. this is, and it's a more well, opportunistic place to manipulate him from yes i i the other part about that too is that kurt has cottoned on to his schemes about how he's the only one who gets solos and it seems yeah. like all of the warblers just do whatever to, blaine to quiet says him. so <laughs> to um, quiet him from his suspicions Exactly. Blaine I think I think will. this is definitely a good step forward for Trickster Blaine to continue. Sure. Like you you know, sometimes you just have to lie low to reemerge sure. as a beautiful malicious butterfly. That's um, right. But yes. The, they share a kiss because yes. Blaine kisses Kurt. And yes. let's talk about the kiss. I have a few notes. Okay. Here we go. I think it it is a good kiss overall. There is a subtle intensity about it. Sure. Uh, There's very few kiss noises, which you know I'm about that. I cannot get down with like the sort of wet smacking noises (laughs) that are in so many shows. Um, There's just like a lot of breathing. How else do you know that you're kissing? Oh, yeah. There's there's like, you know, a... Yeah, well, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very long kiss. Is part of the problem with that, like, yeah, it's a long, like, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a prolonged, like, chaste kiss. Yes, there's no tongue or anything. Sort of. Um, There's no tongue. They're not, you know, going hard or whatever. Well, Uh, yeah, because but then they they part and there's there's like a part where like Kurt seems a little surprised and then he kisses Blaine back. Then yes. they part and have like a "Wow, we're kissing" sort of moment. Yeah. Um, well, it, it's like played as a joke where Blaine is like, "Yeah, we need to practice," and Kurt's like, "I thought that's what we." I were thought doing. we were. And then <laughs> they kiss nicely some done. More. Yes, um, that was a very smooth talker sort of line. And then they do kiss more, and right as they get back into it, the scene cuts. Yes. Well, so, so before we move on, this is officially the first gay kiss that we've had. Like consensual gay kiss we've had well, on Glee, isn't it? No, because we did have that scene where Britannia were kissing. We've seen that. Where was that? It was it was in Britney's bedroom. 
uh, the scene starts oh, on yeah. all of Britney's nope. okay. childhood yep. pictures. You're right. You're right. And then yep. up Santana and Britney's bodies as they're kissing on the yes. bed. There you go. Yes. Yep. That did happen. My bad. I, as most gay men are, I forget that lesbians exist sometimes, which is bad. Oh but, my god. Um, it does happen, <laughs> which is. Again, bad, but like you know, we work on it. We we try to make it better. Um, so but hey, our, I'm always yeah. down for less heterosexual kisses and more homosexual kisses in this Agreed. show. Agreed. Yes. So let's move on then to another original song because you know what they yes. did. Yes. Somebody wrote original song on the board and they fucking went for it. So they did. Mercedes sings "Hell to the No" in the Glee room. Yes. It, Hell to the No by Mercedes Jones. And it is great. It's really good. All the Glee girls back her up. Uh, Yep. It's really great. I think it's a really good song. And everyone seems pretty into it. And it definitely has sort of an anthem feel to it, I think. Yes. No, I agree. Uh, Um, Yeah. It has a a nice, um, like, not exactly rap, because I don't think Glee thought it could get away with doing real rap. But, like, there's, like, a... There is a spoken break. word part. Yes, which is good. Like I, I, I liked it. And the other, the other thing I did note is that like the fifty-year-old trombone players definitely get into it too. Um, yeah. But uh, also the bass player, because Mercedes like like gets back there and like dances around the the. Yeah, she bit. moves all over the choir room while singing this. Yeah. She is all over the place. It's great. But um, the bass player looks like Fred Weasley, so that's fun. Oh, um, that's nice. <laughs> so wait, Fred or George? How do you tell the difference? Well, not it, to be fair, it's not close enough Both? that it actually looks like the Weasley twins. He mostly just has red hair and is about the right age. Oh, so okay. <laughs> so he could. He looks like he could be a Weasley brother. Is yes. what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Um. But yeah, and so. Will, at the end of the song, he's like, oh, that was really fun because he was doing his white people dance of like bobbing his head, you know? Um, but he's like, but this we, part we can't where he calls this. it, he calls it not regionals material. Yeah. Which Mercedes does have a good response to his like shittiness where she's like, but my butt, Mr. Shoe. <laughs> this is a great but song. But my butt, Mr. Shoe. This song is great. Yes. <laughs> which is a good way to feel about your own work. More power to you, Mercedes. Um, Will yeah, changes so then, uh, him being yeah. racist into asking the Glee Club what their favorite songs are. Brittany yes. says, my headband, with very little thought. <laughs> yes. So here's the thing about this that I... So this doesn't really fit into our metafiction. Like, like I Why mean, not? we could make it. it. We could make it. It's fine. But I like to think of this as, like, one of the writers. Like, whoever... Like, you know, whenever they write for Brittany, one of them was like... You know, it'd be great if we had a character that just pointed out how dumb our show is and like made like meta jokes all the time. And that is well, that Brittany. works if Brittany is an alien too. That's true. She's seeing human culture from the outside. Yeah. Right. But like, it's just so good. Cause like in the past we've had moments where like, you know, Will is writing on the whiteboard and he writes love and he's like, so here's what we're going to talk about today. And Brittany raises her hand and says, is it love? Because we see the whiteboard literally every time. And like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and like we get yeah. in like journey jokes and all that kind of stuff. Like Brittany lands these like every so often. And it's just so good. Like, Which is why it sounds like she's an alien. Like the writers yes. didn't mean for her, her to be an alien, but them using her as a method for their meta jokes. Yes, turned exactly. her into a space alien. 
Yes. Santana says her favorite song is You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette, which seems about right. It's very angsty, uh, yeah, just uh, like Santana. Yeah. yeah. And, and Puck yeah. answers What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. <laughs> Lauren is like, nice one. You're really hitting it out of the park, Puckerman. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but uh, the fun part is then uh, she was like, and what are all those songs about? And they Brittany all have pain. Well, no, Brittany immediately says headbands, which Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so uh, I just love this joke a lot. Like, it's okay. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it it leads to Shu having this big idea where they're all talking about how Sue shits on them all the time. She's declared World War Sue. Apparently, she throws sticks at Mercedes, which seems racist and also just weird. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not um, great. No. And then, so, Shu starts writing the stuff on the board, as he is wont to do, lands on Loser Like Me, circles it a lot, and apparently yep. that is their inspiration. Um, because it's always a great idea to work backwards from a title. Yes. To go top down and get the title, and then write the song based on it. Everyone totally. knows that's how song songwriting works. That's how I wrote all of Taylor Swift's most recent album. How did you like doing it? Did you like the the? Did you choose the Tron aesthetic for that uh, one music video that I never watched? <laughs> no, I I actually left that up to um, uh, Katy Perry because she's a close oh. friend and I knew she would have some input sure, on totally. creative design for that. Um, she, but yeah, see, uh, I I really want to apologize to you because I never listened to the album and I don't plan to, but I do want to support you. So, well, Maggie, the way I'll, that I'll buy I, it, but I won't listen to it. Thank you. Um, the the way that I just want to clarify here, the way that I did write it is I just stole one of Taylor Swift's journals and I just took like oh, the sure. first line on each page and then I just used that as the song title, you know? Oh, see, I thought you were going to say that you wrote in Taylor Swift's journal and she <laughs> thought it was her <laughs> writing. <laughs> I thought that you had like implanted I, Maggie, uh, Maggie, false memories is, yes, in Taylor I, Swift. Oh, shit. I'm I'm forgetting this joke doesn't land if I can't remember the word that I'm trying to remember. Fuck. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I, what's that mm-hmm. movie? Christopher Nolan. Inception. Yes. Damn it. I <laughs> incepted incepted. her. <laughs> you incepted Taylor Swift. Wah! There you go. Um, <laughs> I'll edit that and it'll sound good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's the horrible noise from Inception. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> let's get back to Glee. We're, we're, we're with Quinn and Rachel. Because they're going to write a song together or whatever. Um, it's their songwriting moment. Yeah. O- on stage, Rachel of course. <laughs> is asking about the Flynn affair. Uh, yes. She, well, she specifically, she asks if it's happening. Quinn yes. says, yes, it is. And yeah. then continues to paint a picture of a future that Rachel is not happy with. Right. Yeah, so Quinn kind of just lays it down. She says, here's what's going to happen. I am going to be prom queen, and Finn and I are going to be together, and we're both going to graduate. Finn is going to take over over Kurt's dad's tire shop, because technically he is Finn's dad now, too. Um, And I'm going to become like a real estate lawyer or something. Um, Real estate agent. (laughs) Because a real and estate then, lawyer is is a thing, I guess. Hey, have you seen Crazy Ex Girlfriend? It's definitely a thing. Um, Whatever. But uh, 
And then and she's like, and you're going to go somewhere else. But me and Finn are going to stay here and start our family together. And Rachel and she is sort of turns it around on Rachel because yes. and Glee is going back to this idea that Rachel and Finn can't be together because Rachel is going to have a bigger life than Lima. Like she yes. has to go shine her star somewhere else. And Quinn sort of uses that against Rachel here. She's like, don't blame me for the fact that you have to leave Lima and like live a different life than the one you would have with Finn. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, Rachel... and she also, well, Quinn also kind of turns around to Rachel and says like, you should be thanking me because I'm doing you yeah. a favor. <laughs> I'm doing you a favor by dating your ex-boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like some weird sound design with this where there's like what I can only describe as like evil sounding piano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, but like. <laughs> well, it's because this is Quinn's uh, evil, he- like evil villain speech. Right. right. here. But, but the thing is, I agree with Quinn on this. I do too. Like <laughs> Rachel's, Finn, uh, Finn is not good enough for Rachel. No, they were terrible together. So and like Rachel, realistically, what do you see happening? You're going to try to get on Broadway. You'll probably get on Broadway because you're actually Leah Michelle, who is very good singer (laughs) and very talented. Um, And Finn will be like dead weight. Like you'll have to drag him through your life. And he's not yeah. worth it. Like he's just not, he's not worth, worth having it. around. Like he's not worth it because yeah. he's not nice to you, and you don't have anything in common. Yes. And you're terrible to each other when you're together. So yes, but why I do think, you want this? We've so, also heard yeah. from Rachel's mouth multiple times over the past few episodes how she's not giving up on how she's giving up on Finn. Then we right. get another moment here where she's like, "I'm not giving up on Finn." It's like, hey. Stop going fucking back and forth. If the plot's deciding to well, do one thing, make it do the thing. Please. Maggie, she is a teenager. So, like, I feel Ever. like that is reasonable. But the other thing is, in this scene, I think we do get a glimpse into the reason why Rachel... Excuse me. Why Rachel you're, is you're so... you excused. Um, ...is so unwilling to let this go. And I think it's because she specifically points out to Quinn, she says, there was a, there was a time... When Finn chose me over you. And so I think yeah. Rachel just views Finn as this trophy that she won. Sort of. And now well, has yeah, lost. Because she, because Rachel um, is, she doesn't really understand. Like, I, I feel like Rachel is going for a certain idea of like a high school boyfriend. Yes. Right. And Finn yeah. really fits that idea. Yeah. Because he's of, the QB. He's white yeah. and tall and big like just generally a large person so totally uh it's because rachel hasn't realized that she's bisexual and in love with quinn um (laughs) oh she's just in love with everyone really she has a lot of well she is uh because she is a very dramatic person who feels a lot of emotions about everything so right Yes, um, but so the fun Quinn, part about there's this... A, yeah. There's a final line in Quinn's speech to Rachel where she talks about how if Rachel keeps grasping for something that's never going to happen, she's never going to get it right. That yeah. is sort of verbatim what she says. Then we flash to Rachel's uh, very pink bedroom as yes. she is ugly crying. This is one of the first <laughs> times we see Leah Michelle pull out the full-on ugly cry. We'll yes. see it plenty more times before the show is over. But man, it's a doozy. And she's <laughs> writing no, she... on like a legal pa- pad or something. Yeah. And she's, uh, yeah, song the best lyrics. Part, yeah. Yes. And 
it, it definitely comes off as like a teenager who is like angry cry writing. Oh, like it yeah. comes off. It really reminded me of the uh, the Mean Girls scene where Regina yes. George goes to the burn book and like is but angry writing in it. Like Regina's feels a lot more um, vengeful and like yes. forceful. Rachel's just sort of feels like sad. Pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pathetic is a good word for it um at the top of her legal pad where she is scribbling are the words get it right right there yes you go. so the next yes. scene yep. is sue and will in will's office as will is dressing up it's a pre-regional shakedown they're talking to each other about what's going on uh yeah. sue reveals that she forged the letter from my chemical romance which, who knows, maybe that's her trying to cover her time traveler tracks, or maybe she's telling the truth. Yeah, well, she she does also say that she actually slept with the drummer of Jimmy Eat World. So, mm. it might just be well, that Sam, <laughs> she found the wrong person. Aff- if you had to have an affair with the drummer, would you choose the one from My Chemical Romance or the one from Jimmy Eat World? Um, I literally know nothing about either of them. But well, no, given- you can't. that's not the point. I know, given no. the information you G- have. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying is given the like grunge aesthetic of my chemical romance, I'm yeah, guessing yeah. that I would choose did you say Jimmy gr- World. Did you say grunge? Did yeah. you say grunge for my chemical romance? Oh my god. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. They dressed up as lumberjacks to sing the song. Just I don't know. Just cuz New Directions dressed that way does not mean my chemical romance. A pop punk staple is grunge. Oh. Okay. Well, I still pick Jimmy Eat World because I don't think yeah. pop punk is very attractive. Is like, like what I'm looking for, you know, in sleeping with a drummer. I don't. I don't know if pop punk will lend itself to that. Well, pop punk drummers are probably drumming more viciously than That's true. someone in Jimmy Eat World, so they're going to be more buff. So you're well, lost. <laughs> the next. It also next might mean that I might the... get hurt. So there you go. Eh. God. The next part of the scene is uh, Will just, I don't know, complaining to Sue about how he's going to do well anyway. And Sue... <laughs> is it complaining? <laughs> I did. That's such a weird it... way to describe it, but it really is kind of like he's like whiny a bit most of the time. Yeah. So... Yep. Yeah. And then Sue talks about how the set list for her Glee Club oral intensity is tailor-made for the judges at regionals this year. Yes. Then we flash right to regionals, where we get a rundown of who the judges are. We have three judges this time. It is TV legend. Rod, whatever sits. For some reason, he's a judge again. (laughs) Well, that's the the gag, is that he's here every single time. That is the joke. It is Rod Remington. The next person is, I think, described as like a homeschooler or something. Yeah, no, she's she's Tammy Jean Albertson, and she's described as a former Tea Party candidate, I think, or something like homeschooled. Played by Kathy Lee Gifford. So obviously some sort of joke in there. The next judge is Sister Mary Constance, who is a former stripper turned nun. (laughs) Maggie, she is a former exotic dancer. Excuse you. Um, She uses the word stripper herself later. No, yeah, later. But in this scene, we only see it as former. Well, (laughs) 
Well, because the are announcer. You saying, are, are you saying you didn't know that stripper and exotic dancers were synonyms for each well, other? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, what I'm saying is that the announcer at regionals is a, is introducing yes. the judges and declares that she is a former exotic dancer. Like, yes. What does that have I to do with any? Well, I think I think the reason why is because they also mention her book coming out right. from habit to habit. <laughs> I like this right. joke is fine. It's oh, and that actress is um, Loretta Devine, I think. Is yes, that how you that name? and but she's yeah. a good, she's a great character actress who's been in many things. Yes, um, but yeah, so we we get the judges, and then oral intensity starts just as Glee arrives, which seems rude. Yep, they should probably have been it, in their seats. What? It does. Maybe yeah. they were in like a green room or something, and they only came out for the performance. But it does whatever. Seem rude. But yeah. So, um, but oral intensity performs. Jesus is my friend, um, yeah. with typical show choir moves. So you know, that's nice. But um, sort of, sort of robotic. Yeah. Similar to uh, vocal adrenaline in that way. Yes. I would say yes. they're wearing a lot of red, and they make a star of David with their bodies yeah. at the end. So, Sue has already told us that she intentionally picked these, like her, like her song choices for these judges. Um, my question is: a Star of David going to appeal to the yeah. disgusting right wing Tea Party lady? I don't think or, so. Or a Catholic nun. Um, <laughs> well, I guess the reasoning is that Jesus was a Jew. Yeah, person? but like, why not do like a cross? Is it just easier to I do a Star know. of David? <laughs> I, I think it's more impressive to do a Star of David. <laughs> also, you wouldn't be able to see it from the audience well, because that's the thing we too. only see it because it's from above. Yeah, exactly. Again, there's not like a big mirror or anything. We, no, it's just the, yeah, they don't have a big springtime for Hitler mirror above it. <laughs> no. No. So, but yeah, they make a start, David. But like, overall, we understand this is a joke because Sue is trying to pander to the judges, just like last year. That's right. How Oral Intensity did that then, too. I feel bad for the kids in Oral Intensity because it seems like they are just trash. Um, They also seem like they're having a good time, uh, which I wouldn't be if I was forced to sing this very non-secular song at a secular school. Yes. Um, So the crowd is... Well, before we oh, get to that, sure. the crowd is shockingly amazed by this. Like, they are on their well, feet, losing their minds. They're a Glee which, crowd. But yes, but the fun thing is that Glee is in the in the audience this time, and they are all visibly, like, concerned by this. They're like... They are uncomfortable. Well, and also they're just like, they're like, what's going on? Which is <laughs> like, finally, finally they realize the crowds are just ridiculous. Like, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah, because they're looking around at the audience as they're all reacting very well. And yes. Just like, what the fuck? What the fuck uh, is happening? <laughs> like, but yeah. Mercedes does clap at the end. Right. And they're, she's the only one who seems to really be into it. Everyone else is just sort of, hmm, as they hmm. clap. Yeah. But and yes, the next yeah. moment is in ba- it's backstage with the Warblers. Yes. They're getting ready to perform. Kurt is visibly nervous and Blaine comes to talk to him about it. Kurt says something about how he's been having a lot of anxiety about performing, and this is his yes. first solo at in competition. Yep. Blaine is just like, that's adorable. You're adorable. Let's go sing. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the best part is Kurt is like, I've had nightmares where like 
I try to sing and nothing comes out or, you know, mm-hmm, like all this mm-hmm. stuff. And Blaine doesn't really do anything to like reduce the anxiety. To alleviate that? No. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't just say like, that Kurt's going to sing well or that they've practiced a lot. He's just like, you're adorable. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Like, <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. Um, but yeah, so... Um, they they get on on stage and they sing candles like we hinted at before, um, which is emotional. Uh, yes, and there's a lot of gay looks and yes. uh, of longing. They stare at each other a lot. Yes, uh, the and audience also, has electric candles that they yeah wave around. I, wait, where did they get those? Okay, we've talked about this before. Where the audience get their props? Yeah. I think it's like an opportunity for any Glee club to like stash shit under the seats oprah style okay you know okay yeah well because there is a hint to this a hint about this later maybe so we'll we'll, we can wrap back to that but um we can the other thing the other thing is that um we also get a look at the the heterosexuals um well Mm -hmm. supposedly heterosexuals rachel is staring longingly at finn finn is staring longingly at rachel quinn catches this I it's like why can't we just have a good oh, game? I you know was not even paying attention to that. <laughs> like why can't we just have a nice, clean gay moment? Why do we have know. to have this bullshit anyway? It then transitions because to Blaine and the Pips. Oh, because yeah. it was 2011, and yeah. there couldn't be too much gayness because that's not palatable to the straights. Because that's right. who we have to aim media for is the quote unquote normal person who is heterosexual. Bull shit. Bullshit. Uh, Blaine and Kurt do end up singing just directly at each other. Like they turn their entire bodies towards (laughs) each other instead of the audience. It's a strange choice. Well, Maggie, I've never been in a show choir. That might be appropriate for a song. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Um, so. But yeah, so then the next next song is Raise Your Glass. Blaine does return to his solo position uh, with his pips. And here's here's what I think about this number is that Blaine absolutely has all of Pink's discography in the like the CD binder in his right. car. Yes. No, definitely. He no, that's loves it. so yeah. So earlier in this episode, we actually got a little bit of a hint that this was coming because when Kurt arrives to announce that Pavarotti has died, he says, "I know we're supposed to practice where we all sing in the background while Blaine solos the full discography of Pink." But I need to express myself. Um, so we did get a little hint. Um, but the thing about this, it, it's kind of like how we started this episode. And we're like, oh, you know, they sing Misery. And, like, yeah. it is what it is. Like, the Warblers sing it. It's yes. not bad. It's, it's the fine. same here. You're right. Yeah. yeah like, the, this song the Warblers is fine. Are, the Warblers have sort of plateaued in their... Exactly. Um, yeah. Like performance value because we know exactly what the warblers are going to do. They're going to exactly. sing it competently and well and dance well. Yes. It's not going to well, be outstanding dancing. It's going to be a lot of hopping, but <laughs> that's fine. Say, it, it's mostly walking for the most part. It's like walking like mm-hmm. across the stage a lot. Um and there yeah, and there yeah. is there are a few hops. So Sure. Yeah. But it, like overall, honestly, it's kind of boring um because mm-hmm. we've seen this you know i love this song i love pink and like it's not badly sung it's just like i don't i don't know the the acapella thing was never really a big factor anyway but like kind of just it's played out you know yeah it's uh it's getting we're getting a little blaine fatigue 
I yes. think. Because well, it's that just too. the same thing over and over again. Yes. Let's get to the next bit. It's Finchel yes. in backstage. They're going to have a pre-show talk also. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he encourages her. He's like, you're going to do great. And then she's like, I still love you pretty much. Um, yep. Which is whatever. Um, and then... Rachel solos as per regional usual well, as per competition usual. The first she song tells is Finn to listen to her sing because she yes. means every word. Right. So yeah. So then she the goes new, out. And the solos. new directions are taking the stage. Yes. And she, she sings. Get it. Get right. it right. Yeah. Which it's it's good. Well, right? I said I said it definitely sounds like she wrote it while she was crying on her childhood bed. Um, yeah. Like, it definitely comes off as, like, a kind of, like, emo-esque, like, I'll never be good enough for you, or whatever. Yeah. Like, she also sings it alone, for the most part. Yes. Brittany and Tina do come out on stage part of the way through to sing backups, but that's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. At the very Which end, they all not... come out, but yeah. I-, I would rather have everyone sing. Yes. Not just Rachel. Be Barry. Right. Well, the next song that yeah. they sing. Well, well do you want to bef- keep talking about Get It Right? Yes, because halfway through the song, Kurt, halfway, let me reiterate. Yes. Halfway yes. through the song, yes. Kurt yes, turns yes, yes. to Blaine and says, they're doing original They're doing original numbers. songs. <laughs> and it's like, did you think this was just a did song you... you had never heard before? Like, what the Maybe hell? Maybe he did. <laughs> uh, who knows, right? Lots, lots of songs exist. That's true, but like, I don't know. It's, it's just it, funny. It is, yeah. and it's too late. Like after the, it's after yeah. like the whole intro part of yes. the song is when Kurt's like, oh, they're doing original numbers, and Blaine's just like, uh huh. Yes. Um, weird. The other the other note that I had, and this transitions into their thing, but um, the the girls are wearing what I called ugly bridesmaid dresses because they're like this. They like... are sort of ugly bridesmaid dresses. They're a sky blue color with yes. a bunch of jewels on yes. the bust. Yes, it's they're okay. I would say. Well, and they're they not, have like they're, not, big they're black... definitely not the best dresses. They have like big black sashes. Like it's just like what. Like... They're sort of, they are sort of ugly. They're also wearing big combat boots, which is the best part of the outfit. <laughs> yes. Um, but so, yes. They're so. seemingly wearing them only for their stomping capabilities. Which, uh, yep. The audience is already standing is up by this point, too, just to note. Um, when they get to the next song, yeah. Yeah. It's because they stand up like for me. Rachel. Yeah, it's stupid. But yeah, go for it. It's. It's Loser Like Me, which, mm-hmm. as we already know, is the name of the song because Will wrote well, it on the whiteboard. Yep. They and started off it. by doing a bunch of uh, stomping on the risers, the girls and the boys. And I, okay, so I sent Sam some uh, extracurricular items before we yes. began recording. And it's in regards to this. Okay. I feel like this song sounds like a song from the early 2000s done by. Bands like not just the 18s, but bands like the 18s as well. Okay, yeah. So if you don't know who the 18s are, they're a Swedish pop band from the late 90s, early 2000s who began as an ABBA cover band and then did originals. And it yeah. sounds like this sounds like that. Yes. So Maggie specifically sent me the video for Upside Down, which if you grew up 
in the 2000s like you've definitely heard mm-hmm. this song um i'll you link I'll, I'll link it in the description for this podcast it like i've watched it three times at this point and i figured this yeah, yeah. is actually like what you were trying to get at um because it definitely has why'd you watch that, it like, three times three times the the main reason is because I was trying to figure out how old each of the four members of the group oh, is. Oh, sure. Because what about the eight... one with the bad teeth? What do you what do you think? The one with the bad teeth. He's one of the boys. Oh, <laughs> is it the one that sings or the one that doesn't sing? <laughs> I don't know. They both they both move their mouths. <laughs> well, that's the best part. Is they both move their mouths, but it doesn't sound like there's any male voices in the no. song. <laughs> anyway, but no. So the fun thing was that like. In watching it, I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, no, I, I it, it's it definitely this song, the loser like me, definitely reeks of this like two thousands like pop anthem, which yeah. to be fair is what they were going for, right? Like they're Except trying to get it an was two thousand eleven by then, so yeah. this stuff was out. <laughs> yes, um, well, but Maggie, that means they grew up on this music, right? Like, so I guess so. Maybe they're just stealing the grandest tradition of arts." That there is, which the li- is stealing something from other people. The lyrics of Loser Like Me uh, are directly related to the pranks that Sue has been doing. Uh, yes. Like the dirt in the locker and stuff like that. And there's like, oh, even though you do this to me now, wait till I'm your boss or wait till you're washing my car, which doesn't yeah. really work with the Sue thing, but whatever. And they make multiple meta jokes during this yeah. song where they do the the L's on the forehead, which is like a Glee fan reference. Well, is it, it feels is that, like. Well, is this where that started, though? No, definitely not. Definitely okay. not. Okay. The like, well, yeah. L on the forehead thing was in really early promotional material. Okay. Like. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, really so early. as some notes, Sue realizes it's about her in the audience because she like slumps down in her chair. Uh, we also get a cut of Will shittily chuckling to himself in the wings because it literally shows us Will in the wings every three seconds. And I yep. fucking hate it. Um, and they end the song with yeah. Mike Chang rolling out a slushy machine uh, and with a bunch of cups on it. And everybody grabs a cup and then they confetti slushy the audience, which yes. must be extremely confusing for anyone who doesn't go to McKinley. <laughs> who doesn't know anything about them, which is all of which these people. Which I would people. say is the majority of these people. Yes. <laughs> so I get that for the for us, the actual RL audience, we yeah. get these meta jokes, right? We get right. like the L on the forehead thing, which I guess can just be in reference to, you know. Loser. With an, yeah, loser with like With an me. L on the shape, with a hand L on the shape, shape of an L on her forehead. Yeah. But, but yeah, the confetti slushy thing? Nobody fucking knows what that means except for us. Well, God. I mean, be, it, it is like the confetti looks really good. Um, yeah, yeah. So it is a good ending, but like agreed, it doesn't mean anything to doesn't anyone anything. besides us. Um, the yeah. other thing is in this song, Kurtz is like throwing these like foam fingers yes, the foam to people. Fingers. And there, there's like McKinley foam fingers that he just pulls out from nowhere and he's got a whole bunch of them and he just starts throwing them to the warblers. Yes. So, so like, so maybe they were under his chair because there are other people, random people in the audience that have them at the end of this performance. Um, yeah. So that like, might be the case. Maybe. I, I don't <laughs> like, know. It's just, yeah. Um, 
But apparently, yeah. So apparently, in the Glee in the Glee world, you have to bring your own props to be an yes. audience member at performances. No, I think the props just get planted before the performance. You have happen. to find them. It's a hunt. It's a it's a hunt. It's somewhere That's in right. your seats. <laughs> the next the next scene is the judgment. We are in the yes. judge's room. Uh, Tammy Jean Albertson declares that she is not a witch, but a birther, because right. uh, she wants to know if yeah. everyone is born in the United States, which doesn't make sense because you don't need to be a U.S. citizen to compete in a show choir competition. Also, sister, that, <laughs> yes. that, joke, that joke just doesn't, like, at this it, point in time. It's bad. Yeah. It, it, it hasn't was bad then, too. Well. Also, like it was bad, but it's gotten worse, you know? Yeah. It's making a joke about uh, where someone is from is always a bad choice, I feel. Yes. But yeah, the so next then the, uh, judge, yeah. Sister yes. Mary Constance, asks if uh, Dalton is a gay school or just a school that looks gay. Which, which again, yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> again, um, like, the fact that it seems so tailor-made for Kurt, how has this not raised any flags on anyone's radar? <laughs> like, it, it's raised ours. So yeah, that's true. Good point. There you go. Um, but yeah, she also tells us she's not really a nun because like, she just mm-hmm. joined the Because uh, um, she needed a place convent. to stay. Yeah, because she, she, hey, she was hiding. Yeah. I feel like nuns can be down with that. Like Nuns are like, yeah, come into the fold. We'll protect yeah, it's, you. It's mostly to keep her from keep her from the pole. Um, keep her off the pole. Well, yeah. she wants to keep herself off the pole. Which, exactly. More power to you, buddy. Yes. Uh, and seeming, so, so yeah. what we can gather here, because Rod does enter into the conversation with, he says something, and then he uh, well, talks about yeah. his gay hairdresser and his gay hairdresser partner and how right. he wants them to be married one day, whatever. Right. Yeah, because this was 2011, and then, so Tammy... Um, yes. Her joke, of course, is that she is anti-gay because she is a right-wing conservative piece of crap. Um, yeah, she talks about how it's like an illegitimate lifestyle, whatever. Yeah. She also talks about how she doesn't approve of the New Directions calling themselves losers because when well, she lost her election, she never called herself a loser. Also, she says the songs just kind of sucked, which... Yeah. No, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. They weren't... <laughs> yeah. But, Listen, um, they were fine, but they were no hell to the no. Exactly. Um, but so Tammy is, but Tammy likes oral intensity. Um, but then uh, Sister Mary Constance speaks up and says that she doesn't like being pandered to. Um, specifically, yep. you, I didn't even like being pandered to when I was a stripper, which is delivered yeah. very well. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think, listen, I think that uh, Tammy Jean Albertson is the reason the Warblers didn't win. Oh, I'm definitely. not sure how th- they do well, their judging. Yeah. But. Yeah, no, that's, it sounds like they vote um, yes. somehow. Which, There's some sort of voting. Yeah, yeah which I, and I think And we flash to yeah. the presentation of yes. the award. The, pres- the presenter is in a state of distress because she is drunk in the middle of the day, and she admits that her husband verbally abuses her. Yeah, it's she's not also a she, great one-off joke. No, no, she's she's like a she's the lieutenant governor's wife or something. So like, 
honestly, the thing is, this is this is a lot like earlier this season when we had like the weird like car salesman guy. Like they use yeah. this as an opportunity to just do like a fun one-off joke, but this is not particularly that because it's an alcoholic who has like a legit problem. Uh, yeah, like, it's not. And it's they, not funny. I mean, they even make it less funny. Because Sue yeah. punches her in the face at the end of this scene. Well, but, but before is we it... get to that, yeah, yeah. Before we get, to she that. jumps right to first place because she's like, right. "What do people want to know? They want to know who won. Let's go to first place." I did. I did appreciate that, new... that. Yeah, because it yeah, explains why we skipped second and third place this time. When in like last mm-hmm. year, they went third, second, or they went third and then first and second. And yeah. instead, of this time, she's just like, bullshit. "Fuck it, let's just do first. Well, <laughs> they they change it every single time. New Directions is going to New York. They're going to Nationals. Mm-hmm. Woohoo. And then yes. Sue punches her. Great. Yeah. Well, because... The next scene. Yeah. It, but keep... Maggie, it, it's in slow yeah. motion is the thing. It is in slow motion. <laughs> Which, it is. Yeah. Because it's New Directions celebrating. The ground. Blaine shrugs. And then Sue punches yes. her. Whatever. Yeah. It, it, Blaine, yeah. Blaine is just kind of like, oh, what can you do to Kurt? Yep. Which, yep. okay. Sure. And the new directions yes. are pumped. Obviously, they're all jumping and screaming. Yes. Hooray. So the then we move to the we, funeral. We take a more somber yes. turn. And we see a bejeweled casket in a hole. Did, in a, did in you notice ground. Did you notice that the Netflix subtitles specifically mark the fact that birds are singing at this point? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's to set the mood. <laughs> uh, well, I just yeah, it's great. It's it's like an overhead shot of the casket, and we zoom out to see Blaine moving more dirt over the casket, and Kurt standing next to it. Yes, uh, and Blaine buries it completely. They talk about how this is upsetting to Kurt because one, his bird is dead, and this also reminds him of his mom's death. Yeah, well, so that yeah, was sad. I, I I did write down. Blaine reminds us that this is exactly like that time Kurt's mom died and they had a funeral. Um, yes, because <laughs> like, because Blaine needs to really he needs to get just, his claws in there at any moment he can. Exactly. Um, but also, uh, but also, I just yeah. I I understand this idea that like Kurt is upset about the like sure, but like you didn't his have bird to draw. Died. You you didn't have to draw the obvious parallel to the fact that Sam, like he also went to his mom's funeral. Lots of people died. There are a lot of funerals. Like Okay, okay. <laughs> so one, his bird died, we need to be respectful. Two, sure. his mom died, we need to be respectful. That's it. That's it. That's all there the was. Casual, to it. Maybe the casual glee viewer uh wouldn't know. Didn't know that, that Kurt's, Kurt's mom, mom was dead. dead. Yeah, <laughs> you know they need to be reminded, like our it's dead fine. mom. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kurt, Kurt's also sad about losing at uh, regionals. About um, re- at regionals, and but, yeah, Blaine's but, like, oh well, we'll still get to perform together. We'll perform at nursing homes, and Kurt just laments that he really wanted to win. He re- like it wasn't just yeah. about getting to go further in the season. It was about winning, and Blaine turns it around and he's like well we won each other out of all yeah of this. we won our love yes. and then they 
hold hands and walk away from the grave site. Yes. You you also didn't mention, Blaine does say um, they can perform in nursing homes. And also, yeah. there are a lot of gaps in Ohio. There um, are a lot of gaps, <laughs> which is clearly a joke. And it's very cute because yes. hopefully Blaine has been scarred by that. Well, but Maggie, and he'll never sing in a gap again. He's a metaphysical demon. Like, yeah, I don't think yeah, he's yeah, yeah. scarred by anything. Um, Maybe. But right. yes. So then um, we cut to the next scene. Will is on the phone. He's ending a call with Holly Holiday. You'll, they're dating or something. That's what yeah. was established last episode. Um, they're he ends doing it with, something. He ends it with Namaste to you too, um, which mm. I don't think is the right way to do that. Um, but he, so he arrives and then he announces that the MVP, because, you know, sports are good and we should mo- mimic how they do things. Yeah. So the MVP of regionals is Miss Rachel Berry, because you'll remember uh. she sang a solo and also led loser like me. Yeah. So like, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> she did all of the singing. And which... half the work. Like... No one is upset. No one is upset about this. Because yeah. she won by a unanimous vote. Right. Which, like, what the fuck? I thought everybody hated that Rachel got all the attention. Well, and But they the, seemingly well, don't now. Well, and what's funny about that is it seems like Rachel is surprised that this is happening. Of, about winning. But no, that Didn't is... Didn't she, she vote? Pra- no, listen. She is practiced <laughs> at, at, do, at, you know, sort of accepting awards graciously through right. an air of surprise. Because that's right, how okay. she's seen other people do it, so she is mimicking it. Yes, in a facsimile well, of true emotion. Do you, Do you want to hear my newest theory along those lines? Yes, yes. Rachel is a robot. Because okay, here's the thing. programmed to be very good at dancing and singing. Her yes. gay dads built her together in their basement. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Because yes. she gets the she gets the star trophy, and then she gives a little speech where. Um, she first of all, she makes a weird reference to the fact that she never felt like the girl who gets the brass ring, which is like yes, nobody uses that, that phrase. Um, but what is lo- what is that phrase? I looked it up when I watched it the first time, and it's something along the lines of um, like winning an award, like like being oh. the one but who wins, wins the award. But like, she wins all the awards all the time. It, That's part of her character. exactly. Um, but then she also has a line near the very end where she says, "All I ever wanted was to feel." special oh um yes (laughs) well she always talks about you know being in the part of a group uh makes you special she wants to blend in she wants to appear human well i think i think she doesn't know she's a robot i think oh yes i love this yeah she she thinks she's a real girl you know bought a a build a kid and (laughs) and yeah she's some like bionic marvel yep because she's she she's an, obviously she's organic yeah. in a way yes. too because she grows exactly um but yeah so it's mostly because honestly robot. Yes. like she, she just doesn't fit here you know like rachel berry just doesn't fit which is the point of the show because it's like she's talented or whatever and ryan yeah. murphy thought he was talented in high school or something but like it, it it just makes it it makes me feel better about Rachel to make me yeah. to think that like she has been programmed to be a, a very good singer and dancer and entertainer and, and she nothing just, else 
And she just doesn't understand that that's what yeah. is happening. She's upset totally. about how she lost Finn, but it's because it's like, Rachel, like, Quinn is legit right. You weren't well, meant for this. Well, it's because like, Quinn you was meant tr- for that life. Rachel was trying to run high school EXE, right? Right, exactly. Which means dating the quarterback. Yes, of course. <laughs> so. Right, yeah. And, here we and are. she had that, and now she is malfunctioning in a sense, except she's not. She's not. She takes the most dramatic reaction to everything. Yes, because she is a robot, and her—that's what her settings tell <laughs> her to as, do. As we all know, robots are known for being especially dramatic. No, it's because she's got a big <laughs> dial on the on the back of her head that's flipped all the way to full drama. Duh, it's in the red. Yes. Uh, and okay, so. Jesse figured out that she's a robot, which is sure. why he, he egged her, because he knew that was going to do damage to her system. <laughs> oh, God. I think uh, that's good. This is good. <laughs> yeah. And, and it also it also explains some of the psychopathic tendencies a little yeah, bit totally. in a way that, I, that makes me feel more comfortable than Rachel is literally just a psychopath. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. So anyway, this scene ends in a big group hug because, you know, Rachel struck all of their emotion chords with her emotion program. With her song. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that that's the whole end of the episode. We made it. Yes. To the it very is. end. No number for the end, but that's because they packed it full of tunes exactly. earlier. So they couldn't do another one. Yes. Let's get to the podcast business, though. Uh, let's okay. let Rachel slash me out of the cage. Come on. Yep. Come here. You have to do the thing. She's a little shy. Give her a treat. Here, eat this. But it's a metaphor. And metaphors are important. Gold stars are important. Because gold stars stars are a metaphor for me being a star. She just bleep blooped at me. How weird. (laughs) Good girl. Go go back in your cage now. Um Okay. Yes. Let's do this. Let's do gold stars. I'll start if you Yes. Go for it. I am giving my gold star to Mr. Blaine Anderson. This oh, episode. Mr. Blaine yes. Warbler. That's right. Okay. Blaine Warbler. Uh, okay. Partly because Darren Chris uh, just has like a lot of long, watery looks this episode sure. that I that I liked. I guess. Um, yeah. From the trickster Blaine angle. He is succeeding, which I'm right. proud of him for. Yep. Uh, and um, from the non-Trickster Blaine angle, he's doing a good job because Kurt just want, wanted to kiss him for months. So he did it, which is a nice thing to do. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can see that. I, I thought about, in, in my Gold Star considerations, I did think about mm-hmm. Blaine. I thought about Santana. I thought about Quinn. But I yep, landed... Yep. I landed on Sister Mary Constance. Um, wow. <laughs> because, okay. honestly, the the delivery of the line, I didn't even like being pandered to when I was a stripper, is wow, so that's good. good. And yeah, also, she, she, she kind of like... Uh, she Because they have this shitty, like, Tammy character, um, yep. which Kathy Lee does. Um, and the nun just doesn't have it with her, you know? Yeah. The like, nun's not having it. Like yeah. she try because uh, Tammy Lee tries to like appeal to her nunliness. Yes, and the nun's like, no, like, no, shut up. 
<laughs> but yeah, so um, I, I picked her because I like her, you know? Let's talk best song yes. of the episode. Here are your options. Are you ready? I'm going to list them all for you. Here we go. So we have Misery at the Beginning by The Warblers. Yep. Only Child by Rachel B. Berry. Yep. Blackbird, uh, mm-hmm. sung by Kurt uh, in a moment of mourning. Then yep. we have Trouty Mouth by Santana and Tina. Mm-hmm. Big Ass Heart by Puckerman. Yep. Hell to the No by Mercedes Jones. Sure. Candle. Nope. Jesus is a friend of mine. <laughs> yes. Then uh, yep. Candles. Yep. Raise your glass. Sure. Uh, get it right. Yep. And loser like me. Yep. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a hefty app. It is a hefty app, and I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what your pick for this for this episode sure, is. Sure, because I have to go first. I forgot. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, I'm going to talk about the ones that I like, the ones that I don't like. And then my pick. Are you are you ready? Let's sure. just talk about it. Let's yeah. Discuss. Let's do it. Let's let's talk it out. So the ones that I like are Misery, Blackbird, Trouty Mouth, Big Ass Heart, Hell to the No, and Raise Your Glasses on the Edge. Okay, but that's it. No candles. Those, no candles. Uh, okay, because I feel like the song itself is bland. Uh, sure. Sure. No, yeah, even okay. though Kurt and Blaine sing it together, they have better duets even before this one. So yes. whatever. Sure. The ones I don't like, uh, well, the ones that I think are you know more of a joke, uh, yeah. only child, and uh, yep, loser like me. <laughs> Just kidding. It's <laughs> yep. not a joke. Sure. It's it... supposed to be serious, but it is a joke. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick. Hmm. Hmm. I think I'm going to pick Hell to the No by Mercedes okay. Jones. I, nice. It's sort of a strange pick for a regionals episode because you'd usually expect one of the better songs to be performed at regionals. <laughs> no. Hell to the No. Did that happen? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, so there was a right answer and you got it wrong. The best number oh. of the episode is Trouty Mouth by okay. uh, Mile. <laughs> Trouty Mouth is the best comical number of the whole season. It's yeah. Um, I also because picked we the know best Santana wrote it as a joke. Also, <laughs> yes, but I, I picked it as best number mostly because, um, like you were saying, for regionals, like none of the songs performed at regionals are especially. Are- Real standouts, Stand even from out, the Warblers. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. like it's just the original songs that fall flat. It's the ones that they choose to do too. Yeah. Uh, the good thing about Trouty Mouth and all the original songs in this episode is that they were sold on iTunes. Yes. So we got well, to keep them in our iTunes library back in 2011. Yeah, let, but let's not shill for Glee. Um, <laughs> you can also <laughs> find them on YouTube and Spotify, and not you can. I'm not. I'm not saying um, you can buy them. I'm not saying you should buy them on iTunes. What I'm saying is that like we using did. comical yeah. songs like Trouty Mouth are yes. not even released, right? True. Like yep. no, that's songs true. that are supposed to be a joke instead of an right. actual song. Thank God yeah. Trouty Mouth was actually released. Uh, so that we did have the chance to buy it. 
Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, and uh, I'm sad that we never get to hear that extra verse that Santino wrote. I know. Wrote. Yeah, she. There is a. <laughs> there's a moment after um, Hell to the No when Santana does say, "I did add an extra verse to Trouty Mouth," and Sam holds up a sign that says, "Hell no." Um, Hell no. <laughs> That's, so. um, he's completely straight faced as he does it too. It's one of the yes. funnier moments of the episode. Yes. Maggie, let's let's finish this up with the last thing Let's. we do for every episode. What what would you rate this episode on a scale of what five I, slushies? What would I rate this episode? Well, I would give this episode two confetti slushies out of Ooh. five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, which yeah. are the same as normal slushies based on our rating scale. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm giving it a, a kind of middling score because I think the. Uh, the original songs that they don't do for regionals are better than the ones they do. So obviously do? something was the, done the, wrong. The songs they do do. Uh huh. <laughs> and uh, the Clayn romance is very nice. Finally, a palatable kiss from this right. show. It's yep. great. Yeah, um, I I gave it two and a half out of five slushies. I'm I'm on the I'm on board with pretty much everything there. Um, I think the original songs idea was interesting but kind of falls flat like you were saying because the ones they end up doing are just not great and like rachel's song comes off as like a really emo like like it's like when you not even not even emo it's just like the writings of a sad teenage girl executable file you know yes exactly it's it's a facsimile of what like real what real emotion emotions are yeah exactly it, it's just like what finn said about only child rachel exactly. seems to be running scared from true pain yes. which is true here too you know yes yes um but yeah and like i i like the clean stuff um it's starting mm-hmm. to throw a little bit of a wrench unless you, i don't um, think in, so yeah agreed and that's the thing is i think it's fun because when i watch it now um with other people they feel obliged to try to break down my trickster theory um sure sure, sure. but i don't think it i i think this is really just more of a like this is just getting more complex and devious and i am it's getting a little bit more complex because obviously blaine is enjoying himself in more ways than one exactly Uh, like i said yeah like i said give a little kiss off the top you know yeah he realized that kurt is a hot cheerleader uh and (laughs) is like hey i can destroy his life even better from like closer to the inside of it might as well uh there you go yeah um so i i thought it'd be fun if we so with with the knowledge that we now have a patron and someone who listens to our show um i thought it'd be fun if we invited people to tweet at us after they hear our episode um who would you give a gold star to yes i love this i love this a lot Yes, um, and like, we what was the best take, like, number? We can take like a fan consensus, you know? Yes, a fan yeah. consensus, see yeah, if they agree us. with us or not. Yeah, and we can definitely, at the end of the season, we can definitely um, see how your your picks, and I'm speaking not to Maggie here, but to all mm-hmm. of you listening, um, mm-hmm. how your picks compare up against ours. And like, if you That's guys like the season idea. better than we did, because honestly, part of this is that it's really interesting. Like the reason we're doing it is because Glee is something that we all watched when mm-hmm. it was on TV yeah. and enjoyed. And now going back, we're like, we did enjoy Damn. it. But like, 
Maybe not, though. <laughs> I think so. it helped that the episodes were spaced out over a week. Yes. Uh, two. Because, uh, I, I mean, but we're we're also taking a week in between episodes. Also, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Nope. Uh, uh, so, yeah, you I can just hit us up on Twitter at SNM Hate Glee. That yes. is the Twitter handle. Uh, yes. You can hashtag it Gold Star or something like that. That's fun. Yeah, that'd be uh, fun. We're not, yeah. Uh, I think that's it in the, in regards well, to that. Do tweet at us. It'll be fun. You can yes. email us just like Joe. You can get on the show. Uh, if you have some really brilliant theory you'd love to share, we want to hear them because the metafiction is always expanding. Yes. It's a wide, wide universe full of robots, aliens, uh, otherworldly demons. And time know. travelers. So And time you know. travelers. Yes. Yes. Um, and yeah, you can also find us on Facebook. Um, I don't... I haven't been posting there as much. Um, I'm trying to get back on that, but... Or yeah. we all just dump Facebook unceremoniously from our lives. Yeah. Hashtag delete mining, Facebook. Because yes. it's mining all of our personal data with no oversight. Yes. Let's end the episode, though. Let's end it completely. Yeah, let's do it. Um, next week, we'll be back with Season 2, Episode 17, A Night of Neglect. Woohoo! Um, this is after, a se- like a, I think, probably a 2 I think it's just a single month. Four it looks week like. break. Yeah, four uh, week break. F- okay, four four week break. Yes. Why so, do it, Glee? There's no reason. But guess what? We won't be waiting four weeks. We will be back next week. But until Yay. then, I've been Sam, and I've been Maggie, and we hate Glee from the top. Da, 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 da,